0: Hey, everybody. It's Sathya Sam here. Welcome to Unleash the Man Within. We have a great interview for you today. This this interview is a uh, really special guest. Um, So he is a radio host. He is an entrepreneur, he's a pastor, but he is also a relative of mine. Uh, I know we're dipping in the family pool here, dangerous territory. Um, Not a blood relative, he's actually my wife's uncle. Although, you know, he's like, I don't know, if you guys grew up with like in Italian homes, Indian homes, Middle Eastern homes, um, South American homes, you guys know that like, when somebody's your uncle, they're not actually your uncle, but, but you treat them like they're your uncle. It's just one of those weird things. So this is my uncle uh, technically by marriage. And it's not even my wife's actual uncle. It's a bit complicated, but he is uh, amazing. He is a phenomenal communicator. Um, if you, if you like communication, like me, I kind of geek out on this stuff. He has a cadence about him where it's like, it's like poetry in motion coming out of his mouth. He is, he is just so profound. Um, he's very articulate and there's an artistry to the way he speaks. I know you're going to be blessed by it on that alone. But what we talk about in this interview is uh, really just about purpose and calling in life, uh, really the age old question of every human, uh, let alone every believer. And what you're going to get in this interview is some really practical ways to um, to kind of discover your calling. But then a lot of mind shifts, a lot of kind of new perspectives and, and how to just get through the different stages of of finding your calling, stepping into your calling, and um, you know, I don't know if we ever really achieve our calling, but, um, but certainly reaching that place of, of meaningful and deep fulfillment. So that's what this interview is really all about. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Um, again, if you're a note taker, you're definitely gonna wanna take notes for this um, because he's just, he's very profound, a lot of one-liners, uh, a lot of things that you're gonna wanna probably chew on later on. And especially if you're struggling with your calling or your purpose in life, maybe you're feeling a little bit directionless or you've hit an obstacle and you're like, I don't know if I have any more in me to keep going, listen to this interview, take some notes, you're gonna enjoy it. Uh, Without further ado, here's my interview with Shiraz Sadiq. So here's the million dollar question. How are men like us who work hard, have good motives, and a God-given purpose supposed to fulfill the calling on our lives and the dreams in our hearts, all while establishing sexual integrity, thriving relationships, and a meaningful connection with God? That is the question, and this podcast will give you the answers. My name is Sathya Sam, welcome to Unleash the Man Within. Alright, well I'm here with Shiraz Sadiq, uh, he's the host of a radio program, he's got his own uh, little entrepreneurial business thing, uh, Christian business, Harvest Network going on. Uh, dude, I mean you're a man of many hats, many talents, welcome to the podcast, it's great to have you.
1: Thank you, Satya. I don't know about the many talents things, but certainly many hats, that's for sure. Staying busy busy, uh, keeps me away from distractions, yeah, so definitely trying to stay busy for sure. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate this.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, this is a privilege for me because uh, since we met, which I should probably just give a little bit of background. You are my wife's, I don't know what you are technically, but we just call you (laughs) Uncle Shiraz. Um, since, since Shalom and I have been an item, uh, you have really like uh, I would say you've just been a a mentor for me. Uh, you've certainly welcomed me into the family and we've had lots of, you know, chats over coffee, over lunch. And, uh, it has not just been like you getting to know me. I feel like you've really legitimately coached me. You've got me through some challenging seasons in life and, um, you've been a real lifeline for me, man. So I'm excited because I think... Uh, a podcast just gives a chance for the regular conversations we would have to be broadcast to a bigger audience for hopefully other people to benefit as well. You have so much knowledge, uh, so much to offer, and I'm excited to dig in. So this is going to be fun.
1: Okay, well, uh, it uh, for, the, for, the, for the audience who is listening, it actually works both ways. Uh, part of what I've been doing is because of something that Cynthia said to me a number of years ago. So listen, if you're in the GTA, I'm, I'm sure there's listeners from all all, all around the world but if you are in the GTA, there is this little amazing place called the Little Cup Cafe. Yellow Cup. Sorry, Yellow Cup. Yellow, Yellow Cup, Cup Cafe. Yeah. It's in Etobicoke by close to Sherway Gardens. If you just go there, you'll just be inspired, man. And that's where, <laughs> that's where Suthi and I uh, hung out quite often. But yeah, we, we did have a lot of great conversations that actually have spawned what I am doing and what you're doing yes. kind of at the same time. So yes. yeah, let's jump in, buddy.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So you are big on um, helping people find their purpose and their calling. It's kind of the central focus of your radio show, which, uh, by the way, if there are local people listening, uh, that's on Joy 1250. Um, I'm wondering if you can just talk a little bit about it. This is like maybe the perennial question for any believer. And I know certainly in this community, you have guys who are, you know, working through sexual issues in their life, relational discord, maybe some troubles at work. And all these things tie into our sense of self and certainly our sense of like, why are we on God's green earth? Um, where, Where do people start when they're trying to identify their calling and purpose in life?
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll start, uh, I'll, I'll rewind about 15 years ago, early 30s. I'm a little older than you, Satya. Uh, let me see. It was almost audible when I was working through what I normally do. I was a youth pastor at a fairly large uh, and significant ministry in the GTA. Uh, we had about 4,000 people coming through our doors every weekend. So when I'm saying large, we were wow. effectively hitting ministry at a large level. And God was simply saying, put it down. And uh, when you have everything that you think that you want or ever would desire in Christendom, right? Like, I got a lot of attention. I had it going on, and God said, put it down. Uh, My immediate response, if I'm being honest, was, "Uh, get thee behind me, Satan. I don't think so. (laughs) Like, like, this is not, like, it can't be. I fought God for a little while, eventually did yield in obedience. And and as soon as I did that, this is what God said to me. He said, you know, son, it's time to put down your to-do list, And pick up your to-be list. Hmm. Because when you know who you are, you will know what to do.
0: Mm.
1: I was always doing the things that you're supposed to do, right? Like you're supposed to read your Bible, pray before you eat. Like you're supposed to love your wife. You're supposed to be a good father. You're supposed to, supposed to, supposed to. So I was checking every box, but God was checking heart. Hmm. And what he found was a son of obligation not a son of obedience. And it was more out of duty, but not out of love.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. So when he
1: had to reorchestrate that for me, see, some people find distraction in things that can harm. I was finding distraction in ministry. And can I tell you, it was equally harmful.
0: Hmm, maybe more harmful, right? Like, because a ministry context can be so easy to justify because you're doing God's work. And like you said, like on that kind of scale, getting tons of affirmation and approval... Yeah. Um, I wonder if you can be practical, like, how do you actually apply that revelation? Like, okay, it's not a to-do list, it's a to-be list. Mm-hmm. How do you find out then who you are, like, who you are to be?
1: Yeah, uh, well, most people are looking for what they're put on the planet for. Like, why am I here? You said God's green earth. Why am I, what's my purpose for being on the planet? I found an easier path to find out what you're on the planet for, what you were born for, is to figure out what you were born with. Hmm. See, okay. my whole family, they, they got hands, and God blessed them. Like my dad is, was a millwright, mechanic, can build a house, build a car, do everything. My brother built his basement, rebuilt his house. Like my whole family, right? Like they're blue collar, they can use their hands. God don't give me no hands. He gave me a <laughs> mouth, and I talk a lot, <laughs> but I do. And, and what you realize is your, natu- your natural inclination your natural talent, the thing that you gravitate towards, what you were born with, your skill, talent, and ability, tends to be the door to your born for. So mm. I think the first step is determining what you were born with. What, yeah. you, what comes natural to you tends to be what you are naturally born with.
0: Okay, that's really good now you kind of touched on this earlier, but I think a lot of people fall into the the cookie cutter path or just following what they see other people doing so like I'll use myself as as an example I love speaking, I love teaching, so I see like um, a John Maxwell just to put somebody who's like on the you know the pinnacle of that great teacher speaker, he yeah. writes all these books so then I think one of the temptations like I can fall into is I see what John Maxwell is doing and I'm thinking, okay, I got to release a book every year. Um, okay. You know, I got to start getting on some bigger stages. How do, you, how do you kind of fight that tendency to like, I guess, do what other people are doing who maybe have that skill set and that calling um, and, and instead, I guess, honor what's unique to you and that unique purpose?
1: Yeah. So first of all, I think it's important to find mentors when you figure out what you like to do find mentors in your field. So for example, when you mentioned John Maxwell, I've spent a lot of money, a lot of time, spent weekends with him. I've got to meet him on a couple of occasions because that's a type of person that I want to pattern and and model my ministry after. He's a great speaker, so why not? But here's the difference. It would be foolish for me to compare the velocity of my trajectory to his. I'll, I'll put it to you another way. Fruit can be grown on the same tree but it ripens at different points
0: Hmm.
1: it can be part of the same type of dna like hey yeah this is a tree full of speakers but why do some fruit ripen before the others and it's foolish to measure the cadence of your calling and compare it to velocity that god has called others to run at i think it's important to embrace the pace of your own race and if it's not happening as quickly as you think it should, and you fall, that's where temptation enters, right? It's like, yes. God is not happening for me. <laughs> what else is around me that I could get my hands on? Yeah. Hopefully it's not negative, maybe it's positive, but both can be distractions, right? It's like, God, I thought by now I would have a book written. I would have, I would, ha- I, would I would, God is not happening as fast so there is an easy gratification that the flesh can desire to be a placebo when our purposes are not popping up as quickly as we thought that they should be baked. Mm. That's a dangerous point in purpose. It's like, so I'll, I'll give you another example. There, you know, there's, there generally are th- seven stages of fermentation when you're making a great wine. Okay. okay. I'm just going to distill that down to three steps. Turn. The pre-step though, is you, you're full of purpose, right? Amazing. You're this grape on the vine thinking God's going to pick me, and then he does. He says, hey, son, daughter, you are going to be the one that I'm going to pick. And then you're so excited, and he picks you, and then it's like, what did you just do? You just threw me on the ground, and you crushed me? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You're, stom- you're letting other people stomp on me? God's like, yeah, yeah, I got to do two things. I got to get your goodness out, and I got to crush you. Hmm. And the second thing that I gotta do is got to remove the outer layers and the expectations and the life that other people have put on you. So I got to remove that because I just want the purity of what I made. And over the years, son, daughter, uh, other people have put stuff in your bag and now you're walking around with baggage and I want you to put that down now. And I need you to, okay. So that's even before the first step. And then you know what happens? This is this a very difficult stage. So it's a st- stage one, young one. What does God do? He pours uh, unfermented juice, meaning your essence of who you are, your purpose, into a dark barrel and then stores you away. (laughs) What do you do? Like, that's freak out time, right? Like, it's dark. God, I feel alone. I feel abandoned. I thought I had purpose. And now what are you going to do again? Watch the temptation in that step. Hmm. Forget this. I'm full of So I'm going to go ahead of God's timing in my immaturity, and I'm going to go do X, Y, Z. Look, again, it's that velocity. We have to operate within the cadence of our calling.
0: Hmm.
1: How do you figure that out? Well, if you think that you're buried like a seed in the ground and you haven't popped out, what are you going to do? Patience. It's so easy for me to say, right? But like something, how do you be patient in that moment?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so I guess this is what I was going to ask you because I I imagine after you know being a youth pastor at this huge church, people know who you are. They acknowledge the gift, they're calling on your life, and then you kind of like you eventually succumb to God's you know inclination. They're like, hey, I'm I'm calling you to something different. Did you feel like you were in that dark barrel? Like people don't know your name anymore. You're not dealing with people in the hundreds or multitudes, whatever it is. What, yeah, what was yeah. it like? How would you manage?
1: Yeah, well, uh, buried so deep where. Nobody sees or even seemed to care. Hmm. So lonely in that point when God is grabbing a hold of you folks. If God has grabbed a hold of you and has isolated you, trust me, that's better than everyone else's affirmation and applause. Hmm. If he has you and he's booked you and he's arrested your motion and said, hey, too much commotion going on here. Let's settle down that's not a bad thing that means it's patient time it's wait time it's rest time let all the thoughts the fears the the insecurities the sin the shame the guilt you know what happens in that period it all washes away but if we keep on going we're going to ignore the fullness of the work that God is trying to ferment in us because what is he doing to us in that barrel of darkness he is perfecting the savor of our flavors and he's bringing it to life that when people eventually taste and see that the lord is good because of how he saved you Satya, and how he saved me and all of you listening in right now all of you might feel like many of you might feel like you're in a barrel but i assure you it's because god is fermenting the flavors so you can be a full-bodied wine so when people like wow look at his life if god can do it then he can do it for me you are in that barrel to show the grapes that haven't been plucked yet that there's hope for them too.
0: That's so good okay so this first step is kind of like yeah you say yes to God you feel like the chosen one only to be thrown in a deep dark barrel uh what are the next two steps what happens after that?
1: Yeah so the first one again is uh is young wine the second step right right? and 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 it's it's marked with immaturity the second step is ripe and ready like Mm. let's go I'm ready. But here's the, here's the problem. I failed before, and so I'm afraid to fail now. I messed up. I forget other people I don't even trust myself anymore. Hmm. I, because I've messed up so many times that why am I going to step out now? And if that's you and you're like, listen, hesitations will create limitations if we don't move when God says move. Huh. You're never going to be good enough. <laughs> Our best works are always going to equal, Roman says, filthy rags, right? So it's not like you're ever going to get to a point where now I'm go- I'm righteous enough, I'm clean enough to move forward. No, no, we all are horrible and wretched. It's His amazing grace alone. So when you're in that second stage that the ripe and ready, you got to move. And it's not move because the conditions are ideal or the conditions are perfect or you're perfect. You got to move because that introduces step three, which is probably the most dangerous. We thought we messed up earlier. No, no. See, so this is dangerous, Sophia. Step three is dangerous. Okay, It's over-fermented. Hmm. If you leave yourself in that recovery stage too long, now watch this. If you stay in that barrel too long, hidden from the world and then now it's not that god kept put you in the barrel okay great but then you keep yourself in the barrel because of shame because of guilt because of everybody's opinions about what you may or may not have done if you keep yourself in the barrel what happens to wine it turns into vinegar turns bitter good for nothing but to be thrown out and then you see people marked with bitterness you see their interactions with other people they're just grumpy they're just always upset they're looking for the negative not because the world is negative because they are poisoned with their own vinegar because when it was time to get out of the barrel they hesitated for too long
0: wow okay why do people hesitate because as you're t- talking about this I'm thinking even like what I do now like with deep cleaning and all that stuff um, I was scared to do it for a while because it wasn't I knew it was going to be bad or like, I knew it wasn't going to be perfect when I first, to me, it was like, if it wasn't perfect, it's bad. That's what I mean. i um, okay. just way too much of a perfectionist about it. And um, I'm very grateful that God brought uh, you and another coach into my life who were like, dude, you just got to get started. It gets better. And uh, my, my other coach in particular actually showed me like one of the first designs of Facebook when it was called The Facebook. He's like, dude, this, it was The Facebook. Look at how pathetic this page is. Like, if Zucky can do it, you can too kind of thing. Um it, it really helped me, I think, get over some of the perfectionism. Um, I was also scared to just talk about my own story, just thinking like, especially with my friends and family, I don't know if they're going to judge me or look at me differently. Uh, what What's the world going to do if I put myself on social media? Are they just going to make a meme of me and like my life is over? Um, I don't know. That was and, my experience.
1: And, and to, to pull on that, to pull on to that, you're about to marry this young lady. What is her family going to think about who she's sure. about to marry? That yeah. was a question that was going on in my head, like, I hope <laughs> dude gets past all of that because I like this kid. And because and, 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 I remember those moments when you're we just like new and, and, and yeah. like, hey, how are we going? Wait, I hope he's not shrinking back. And you didn't. No. And you didn't. I, but you still moved, though. Yes. So let me, ask you, let, let me ask you a question. When you were at that point, where like, OK, I, I think that there's enough fermented in me that I need to I need to take I, I need to test these waters. I need to see what could happen. Mm. Uh, What was it that allowed you to step into purpose? Not knowing your full purpose, but saying, hey, here's a door. What was it?
0: Yeah, so I think it's two things. And I hope we get more into this because you've mentioned it as well. But hearing from God was really helpful in that season. Not that God like opened the heavens and gave me this blueprint of the company, but just that I felt like I knew he was in it. And I think that gave me the confidence that if I took a step out, even if I fell on my face, he was going to pick me back up again. So that was, that was really helpful. And then I think the other thing is I, I really feel like what I'm doing is something I'm called to do, to be an educator, to really coach people, to be a speaker and a voice. Um, like I think that's pretty deeply embedded in me. And so that has really helped me. Um, And one other thing, actually, as I'm talking now, I'm realizing is I knew there were people who needed what I had, even if it, even if it wasn't that good, I knew that those people needed it. And the only way I had any hope of reaching them was just by starting. Like I, it couldn't be perfect. I just had to get the ball rolling.
1: Yeah. And Satya, that's one of the huge, that's, that's a huge marker for purpose is knowing that other people benefit because if you're the only one benefiting, that's not calling other people always benefit, always benefit. So for example, if you're an artist, people can appreciate your art. If you're a mechanic, people will benefit from the, you're you going to do good work because you're a good person, right? Like if you're a fireman, you know that you're not going to fall asleep in the fire hall, groggy showing up because you are a person of character, right? Like, like <laughs> your calling always helps other people. So amazing what you're saying about, um, y- y- you know, like helping other people. The thing is, helping yourself and what i mean by that satya is uh everyone uses the word calling calling but who's calling and yeah. how do you know it's his <laughs> voice leading right i mean, Bible right. say the, my, the sheep hear my voice like the amount of times in my life where i thought it was god but it wasn't god or mm. i thought it wasn't god and it ended up being god <laughs> man I, I i guess that's why this journey it's called faith you step out Right or wrong, you, you, you shoot your shots. Now, listen, I, I would love to sit here and say, this is how you know the perfect voice of God. Uh, I, I can't because I've messed up so many times thinking that it was and vice versa where I didn't move but God was saying move. But I will say this. There are always voices that lead to choices. Hmm. You begin to find patterns and if you look back, think about so here's one way to train your ear to hear God's voice more often think back about choices that went left or right you'll begin to find patterns when you reflect back hey when I made that move okay so that was the sense that I was getting okay let me hear listen out for that sense a little bit more and then uh, on the other side oh remember when I made that choice to fall back that voice I need to mark that voice with an X. Because voices will always lead to choices, right? And, and so that's one way. And, and the last thing I'll say about, you know, listening for a calling is simply ask him to speak. <laughs> right. Ask him. Ask him to speak. Huh. If we're here trying to figure it out and he's supposed to be like this really good, like righteous God, right? Like he's supposed to be like really good. Then why wouldn't he do that for us if we're sincerely simply knocking on his door and saying, God, help. And if he doesn't, and you persistently, then I'm giving up this Christianity thing. Because then it's not true. So I would encourage everybody to, to, to prove, to give God an opportunity to prove that you can hear his voice. If he trusts you to keep you in the kingdom, then trust him to be the Lord of the kingdom. Yeah. Push him. Push him.
0: That's I think so good. he can
1: handle it. I think he can handle it.
0: Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite teachers that I listen to says, uh, faith is spelt R-I-S-K. Okay. And, okay. And I think that I like there's it. that there's a huge piece of that, isn't there? Because I think when you start talking about hearing God's voice, people just assume like 100% clarity. I know Ooh. I heard from Him, and like I think for me, it's like maybe 80% if I'm lucky. You know, like um, like I think I think you just have to you have to trust that what you have is is hopefully Him. And as you said, like, I think anybody who's tried to at least discern God's voice and act on it has gone it wrong. Like that's part of the process, but you learn and you become better as a result. And hopefully you get a better idea of like, okay, I thought that was God. Now I know that wasn't quite it. I'll look out for that next time. I'm, I'm asking of him of whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, go well, for it. No, go for it.
1: Just to add to what you're saying. I'll tell you what mitigates my risk every single time. Now... I've moved on from risk. It's no longer a risk for me. Hmm. I believe that every move I make will be the right move. Now, let me qualify that statement, all right? Let me qualify that statement. It's not because I'm moving. It's because I'm trusting. This is what I mean. The Bible says, and something is a better Bible scholar than me. He'll tell you where the scripture is. But it says, <laughs> all things work together for those who are in Christ Jesus. Folks, right. even if you make a mistake, God will figure, it, figure out a way to work in your benefit. Why? Because you acted in faith. You acted with a clean heart. You took a step. God asks us to walk in faith, not to walk in absolute certainty. There's a difference. And if we're always walking in absolute certainty, what do we need faith for? Hmm. So no matter what you do, if you do it with a pure intention, say, hey God, I'm not sure, but I think, do it. I'm not sure, but I think, God, I'm just going to trust you in this moment saying, hey, uh, this, this is what I believe you're, 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 you're calling me into. Even if it isn't, I trust that you will make, work it out for my good. I'm going to take a step here. And that's what mitigates my risk, knowing that even if I m- make that misstep leading to a mistake, he's going to work it out. Mm-hmm. And I have that trust more than I have the faith. So listen, I, when I am say graduated, I've moved from a concept of faith to a concept of trust. Like, I don't hope that God will. I trust that he will. Right. And that's right. deeper for me. And I pray that everyone gets to that level of faith moving from hope to the far side of faith, which is simply trust. I just moved. God, I messed up. I know you'll forgive me. Okay, let's go again. Wake up. God, I messed up. I know you forgive me. Let's go. Wait, I got it. I got it right. Okay, yeah. What's next?
0: Okay, got
1: it. And rinse, repeat.
0: Yeah, that's really good. So, okay, so you know, somebody has their skills identified, their talents. Um, they they they're starting to hear from God, or they have some way of spiritually discerning like God's in this. They decide, I don't want to be that over ripened wine or over fermented. I'm gonna take a step, gonna make some moves. Um, so then, it's perfect after that, right? Like it's just daisies and roses. There's no more issues. You did the hard part. Um, I mean, you and I both know that that's not how it works. And certainly, biblically, there's so many examples. I think of like the Israelites, who you know, after multi generations, they finally get in the promised land, and their first assignment is Jericho. Like it's another set Ooh. of walls Ooh. and challenges. Yeah. Um, yeah. What What do What do people need maybe to hear from you about just that that whole thing of being persistent, persevering? Um, not letting the challenges that come along the way get you down and cause you to to take an exit, as you kind of say, maybe a little bit too early.
1: Yeah, so kudos to everybody who's listening in right now uh, for one reason because you're probably connected to this community. And if you're connected to this community, you are ahead of the curve. You really are because what I'm finding more and more is that more people should connect in community to keep the motivation present to get to the other side of our obedience. Listen, we've all experienced this. We wake up in the morning and we're full of a, yes, we're going to do this. And by 11 o'clock, we're like, what is going on? <laughs> I thought that like, I would have been able to, able to, able to. And then the weight of the day just by 6, 7 p.m. is like, I really didn't have the day that I thought it would have. Mm. And then it's just like, if you don't break out of that, but if you speak to somebody and they're like, no, 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 but I still believe in you. This is what I'm getting at. Okay. Motivation to move can happen when you stay in community, right? Like they, when they were marching around Jericho, God didn't ask one to walk by themselves. He like, said, okay, thousands of you do this, right? And, and so a few of the voices are like, what the crack is going on here? What are we doing? But I'd probably, there's probably more voices that say, let's keep on going. Let's keep on going. Let's yeah. keep on going. So I would say that, that that area, after you feel that you have a sense of direction of your purpose, okay, this is what I feel that God has made me for, so I made me to be, right? Like uh, stick with people, stay in community. Because what happens is once you have a setback, procrastination can be the assassination of your perspiration. And mm-hmm. all, all, of a se- all of a sudden, in week one and week two, you're working hard, right? You're sweating, right? Like, so, yeah, look, whoa, ah, ah, <laughs> and you, you're going at it, but by week three, week four, it's like, this feels a little bit, mon- the, the, the monotony begins to set in, and the monotony overri- overrides your motivation. Yeah. Procrastination, then, that's a wicked assassin. Hmm. A wicked assassin.
0: So I guess it's kind of like, um, cause I, I know I've, I've been guilty of this and I think I've witnessed it quite a bit in, you know, my friends' lives of, you have this idea, right? Like, oh, yo, I got this idea. I'm going to, I'm going to launch this podcast, I'm going to do this blog, I'm going to write this book. Um, and then, yeah, it starts out, it's pretty easy. Um, you know, maybe you buy a couple of books on the subject or whatever it is, but then yeah, people, you know, they procrastinate, they get a little bit weary, they run into their first obstacle. Um... I imagine for you, you would have surely you ran into that as well. Like you kind of talked about, like that feeling of being isolated and and lonely in that season. But eventually, you felt like you know God was putting some things on your heart. It was time to get those things in motion as well. What are some things you've done personally to just um, avoid procrastination and really stay persistent even when things are difficult?
1: Yeah, well, I'll start off with Galatians six nine, um, which you know to paraphrase here do not become weary in well doing like the thing that you are doing well, do not become weary in it in due season. If you do not give up, you will reap a harvest. Hmm. So when you're in this space of grinding away, you're grinding away, you're grinding away. If see, Sometimes we'll hear messages about not giving up, but something to answer your your thought or to add to the thought that you're you're putting out there. Giving up is kind of like this finality moment, right? But more than giving up, folks, don't give in. Hmm. Don't give in to the temptation that can creep in to distract you from your focus. The greatest... I I could be wrong here. Maybe I'll just rephrase it. One of the greatest battles that I'm seeing around me every single day. Now, I have VPs of banks that we work with, right down to accountants, to mechanics, right? So, like, we got a whole range of folks that we get to hang out with on a regular basis. You know, one of the strongest uh, uh, assignments that we're seeing is taking our focus away. Every single day, so a sad in 2011, uh, on a daily basis, the average human in North America, right? And I know there's, you know, your audience is global here, but in North America, on a daily basis, you're exposed to more than 8,000 forms of messaging. And that was in 2011. Let's (laughs) fast forward, let's fast forward 10 years. Can you imagine what that number is? Just think about it. This thing right here alone, how many different times is this? taking away your focus and framing your purpose for you because what you look at is where you will go and you will become and if this if this becomes your rhythm you're watch this you're saying yes to everything that you're putting your head up and down to like like this right here I'm not on that tip, folks. I think uh, productivity tools are amazing. That's all this is, is a productivity tool. I'm not saying that phones are bad. I'm not saying don't be on social media. I'm not saying any of those things. But, but what I would say to you is protect your focus. Hmm. In this season, it's too easy to get distracted. But here's the thing. What have your distractions led to? And if they're constantly leading you down a path, for instant gratification instead of staying in the barrel to be fermented. You see, hmm. the assignment wasn't to get you to sin. The assignment was to distract you from the purpose that you're in. Hmm. The whole time, oh, okay. So if you, if you can bear with me for, for one moment, just go to Luke 14, right? And okay. we know this as uh, the the temptation of Christ. And to bring things full circle here for a moment, when I was referring to earlier about, you know, putting down your to do list and picking up your to be list, this is the framework of that concept. So we know that Luke 14, uh, uh, or Luke 4, verses 1 to 14, is all about the temptation of Christ to do the right thing, to do the right thing, not to sin, not to fall to temptation. (laughs) But if you read carefully, a couple of times in there this is what the enemy said to jesus and this is what he says to us all the time says he never got jesus to do the wrong thing he was trying to get him to be the wrong person this is what he says and if you have a chance folks again luke uh four verses one to 14 if you are the son of god Mm, wow So he says to him again the third temptation if You are and read it no matter what translation you read it. Sunday school may have done us a disservice when they taught us that it was about temptation. It wasn't. It was about his identity. Right. And so what's happening is there's a constant if you are, if you are, if you are. Are you really? Let's go all the way back to to, to Genesis. The enemy is never going to try to punch you in the face. He's simply going to railroad you with the small little foxes that ruin the vine. This is what he says, says to Eve in the garden. Did God really say? (laughs) It was just seeds of doubt that led out of purpose.
0: Wow. Okay. That's really, really profound because I think um, I I was reading this stat recently and I I haven't verified it, but I think the average attention span in the early 90s was about 20 minutes. And today it's seven seconds.
1: Okay. So like
0: we're talking about just a few decades here and like a dramatic change And I think um, it's become normal to be distracted, right? And we always have a good reason, don't we? It's like, oh, well, you know, whatever I'm working on, it can wait till tomorrow or, or, you know, like, I'm just going to do this for a minute, right? Like that, we always kind of sell ourselves on these distractions. So I think what you brought up there is really, um, really, really important. Um, we're, we're kind of nearing the end here and, um, I know you have, uh, you've been digging into the story of Samson lately. Um, it's even inspired you to grow your hair out a little bit for those of you who yes. are watching this on YouTube. My Samson hair. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Samson or COVID one or the other. one or the um, other, yeah. 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 But tell us a little bit, what are you learning from there? And cause I know it's got some relevance to what we've been talking about.
1: Well, if you think about being in that barrel or being a seed buried in the ground and, and it's like you're grinding away Again, nobody sees what's happening. You are on a struggle, in a struggle right now, grinding away to get to the other side to return to your DNA. Hmm. But I want to encourage everybody that your DNA never left you, nor did you ever leave it because you can't, because you are a function of your DNA. And this is an amazing story that happens when Samson, his eyes are literally gouged out of his face, ripped out of his face violently. And we know at that moment they shaved his head, right? And so now we also know the source of his power was what? The hair on his head. Hmm. And so this is what happened. They put him at one of the largest millstones, and he's grinding away, grinding away in a circle, going nowhere, maybe like the Israelites going around Jericho, the same example. Like, there's no progress. There's nothing happening. It's over for Samson right? He all uh, what, what can he do? Just grind away at this huge millstone just going in a circle grinding wheat for other people to eat not even himself. Hmm. Like you feel like you're working making other people rich just grinding away on, on a daily nine to five and you feel the grind and you feel the grind for someone else's benefit and that, that can cause a lot of frustration to rise and well up within you, right? Hmm. And you're just going around in circles. But here is the most important thing. Uh, God deposited within all of our DNA the ability for restoration, rejuvenation, and resurrection power. The whole time for those six to eight months that historians will tell you that he was grinding wheat, they didn't notice and nobody knew, but his DNA kicked in. And guess what happened for Samson? And it's happening for you. Samson's hair began to grow back. And so now, month four, month five, he's got his hair to here, maybe here, maybe here, and it's getting longer and longer. We know that that was a source of his power, that God was reinvigorating and reinventing and repositioning Samson. So now he's going around the wheel. Now, I don't know this for a fact, but I'm thinking that if that's the source of his power, and his hair is here, that's half the power. all of a sudden he's like, "Hmm, this wheel feels a little easier today to push." Hmm. that when they whip me? I kind of laughed it off this time when they, when, when they whipped me because it hurt day one, but month four it's not hurting as much. Hmm. And I assure you that if you feel like you're at the grind, your hair too is growing back. Hmm. And I want to assure you that your greatest victories are still ahead of you. Why? Because what happened for Samson? And the Bible says God is no respecter of per- persons. If he can restore and think about the sin that caused him to fall and fail and find himself in that pit grinding away. It was lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Wow. It was the person who fell because of sexual immorality. Is the same person that God restored and he will restore any and all of us because we're grinding away. And God simply, you thought that, oh, no, I've been exposed. And this whole time, God was like, no, I just plucked you out of the world and put you in a barrel. And now you're grinding alone. But while you're grinding away in that barrel, I'm restoring your hair, the source of your power. I'm rejuvenating you once again. Hmm. And watch me unleash you on the world. And when I do, whoo, baby, that's when the world will know the goodness of God. And he exists in and through you because, again, your hair is growing back. You can't fight your DNA.
0: Wow, that's so good, so good. Um, okay, so one of the things that I've really got value from over the years, Shiraz, has just been the questions you've asked me. And I'm wondering um, for you know people who are listening in, who are saying, okay, this is awesome. Um, what what are my next steps, or what are some things that I can maybe be thinking about? I'm wondering if you can just. Give some of your more evocative questions for uh, our listeners to think about here as the interview starts to wrap.
1: Yeah, so the first thing is get away from masses of people. I define mass as mutual admiration society. If someone's always saying, you the best, no, you the man, no, you the woman, no, you great, you great. Uh, get get rid of people like that if that's the only, it's not, there's nothing wrong with having positive people. But if everything that you do is met with, "Ah, you're the best, and they got their pom-poms, hey, get people that have whips and pom-poms. Get people that will challenge you to say, nah, you screwed up. By the way, you committed to this, let's go do this. And if you're not going to do this, I'm going to let you know that you didn't do this. See, we're afraid to be challenged. We're afraid to have other people lord over us. But those are the very people that we need. Why, how, why would I say that to you something? Because even Jesus needed people to do that. I'll give you an example. Uh, uh, hey, Jesus, turn water into wine. And he turns to his mom and says, I don't think so. <laughs> Mary grabs the boy by the ear. Say, boy, you better turn that water into wine right now. Do You didn't hear me proper. <laughs> Jesus, even Jesus almost missed his moment.
0: Hmm. Okay.
1: Uh-huh. So find people that have pom poms and whips, because I think Mary is like, child, I popped you out, because she did, right? So, yep. okay, right? Because <laughs> he was fully man, fully God, and said, Uh you're." Uh, and she's like, "Okay, okay, fine, mom." <laughs> if it's your mom, if it's your dad, if it's your brother. Most ca- chances are, it might, the voice that God has put in your life is Satya. and I pray Satya that you constantly. Coddle and cuddle, but challenge and chastise everyone that God calls into your life to coach. That mm. if you try to be the, the constant hug that they need without the whip, you'll be falling short and failing your people. Everybody needs somebody to challenge them. So when you're saying, hey, here are some tough questions. No, no, no. Don't avoid tough people. Mm. We need literally both of them in our life. The second thing that I would say is the concept of desire. Okay. How do you inspire desire? How do you do that? How do you get people to believe in themselves more than they believe in themselves? Well, Hmm. one of the ways that you can do that is get them to hold their breath. What? Yeah, yeah. Just ask them to hold the breath. See how long they last. <laughs> this is where, where I'm going with this, Satya. The reason why we have to take the next breath, you can't take the next breath until you exhale. Right. Okay, so desire is a blend of putting oxygen in, but you need somebody to pull out the obstacle in the way of your opportunity. Hmm. okay so desire everybody says i want more but desire has a other side of the coin and that's i need to give up so Hmm. breathing function of life inhale opportunity exhale obstacle inhale opportunity exhale obstacle so find people in your life that aren't afraid to call out your obstacle and your opportunity again i'm saying the same thing pom-pom whip opportunity obstacle so again Find people that will celebrate and chastise both sides of your life.
0: That's so good. Um, Shiraz, I know people are going to want to connect with you. Uh, what are some of the bright ways for people to you know, hear more of your stuff and, uh, and get in touch?
1: Before before that, uh, I, I, look, uh, clearly that uh, you know Satya and I are fans of each other. Buddy, the work that you're doing and the lives that you're touching, I just hope that nobody on this call ever feels condemned because when he calls it every man's battle... It's every man's battle. You're not alone. You are not alone. You are not lower. You are not less. You are as valuable and in most cases more righteous than some of the other things that other people are dealing and struggling with. So kudos to you for standing up and taking on accountability and responsibility for your lives. I'm just so proud of you all and I haven't even met you all, but I'm just so (laughs) proud of people that would take those steps instead of staying hidden in the barrel where it's safe and then it becomes comfortable so kudos to you for the work that you're doing connecting with shiraz is simple it's uh connect and he'll probably put the words on the screen if you're watching this on youtube yeah we'll
0: put in the show notes
1: yeah uh connect at cbhn.net connect at cbhn.net email we're on uh instagram linkedin the last thing i will say is um uh, we purposely went into LinkedIn because that's where most business folks co- uh, connect. And you know what's amazing is how many people will like you on Instagram in their social life, but in their professional life, they won't like the exact same posts.
0: <laughs> interesting.
1: <laughs> I found that really interesting where people in business can live two lives. Right. One yeah. professional and one personal. They'll hype up their Christianity in their personal
0: but right. and the professionals
1: like, well, you know, I have to I have to balance that out. Keep it I'm Not condemning a bit. nobody, right? But that's the reason why we're we're trying to normalize what it means to have a career. You don't have to be a business owner, but to have a career, a professional career, and have a professional purpose in Christ. Right. Yeah. So that's the balance that we're trying to create is help people feel that it's normal to do that. And that's what's why one of the reasons why C B A Gen exists.
0: Yeah, and I mean CBHN is a really good thing um, you know, for, for business leaders um, who are Christian who really want to integrate those two things. I think as you're demonstrating, like sometimes people don't do that as well. And I think uh, what you're providing is a really good solution. Jaraz, um, this has been incredible. I feel like it was a mastermind, a preach, and a bit of a pep talk all in one. Thank you for your time and, and thank you for re- what you're doing in the community as well. Really appreciate it, man.
1: Yeah, we'll see you again in three months. We've we got to do this again. We've got to do this again.
0: Absolutely, man. We'll do it again soon.
1: Fantastic.
0: All right. Take care. So that was my interview with uh, my uncle Shiraz. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you can tell we've uh, we spent lots of time together and, uh, and I really look up to him. And I'm, I, mean, I mean it. Like he, he has spoken into my life in some really important moments. And it's just amazing to see where God has taken my life. Uh, I know I wouldn't be here without him, and it's cool to see where God's taken his life as well. He's made some pretty big moves lately, and uh, and so we're gonna put links in the show notes to everything he's doing. Uh, the CBHN, uh, that's for Christian business owners. Uh, his radio show on um, on that uh, Toronto station. It, I think it is available online as well. Uh, we'll put all of that there. But I really want to encourage you because you know one of the reasons Deep Clean exists, if not the reason, is to help guys step further into their calling and purposes. So that's why I brought him on. Um, I'm not just like picking picking random people in my family or, you know, who's got a following or a platform. I'm just thinking like, who has a message that is going to benefit my audience? And I think this is the crux of it. Because if you get rid of sexual misbehavior, if you get rid of um, some of the, the sin that's entangling some of the wounds of the past and whatever the other inhibitions may be, I know that you can walk into your calling and, um, and I hope that you'll be able to take some of the things from this interview and apply them so you can do exactly that. Uh, I wanna thank you guys so much for listening. And if you want to be part of these podcast interviews, you want to be part of our live audience, uh, maybe you want to stick around after and ask questions, we provide an opportunity for all of our Deep Clean members. Now, if you don't really want to maybe get into one of our programs, that's fine. We have a VIP subscription that's available for you. And that uh, gives you the exact same access. You also get email coaching, access to uh, one of my accelerated programs. Uh, You get access to a private community. We give a whole bunch of stuff for our VIPs. And most important of all, you get a chance to sit in on these interviews, uh, to watch them live, so to speak, and then to stick around and to um, ask maybe some questions. So uh, you can check that out. The link is in the show notes. Just follow uh, the text that's around kind of our VIP model. And and that would be a really cool way to get to know you better and a great way for you to just further your recovery journey and further your callings and your purposes in life. Thank you guys so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. I am cheering you on and I look forward to speaking with you very, very soon. Take care. Hey everybody, it's Sophia again. Thanks for listening to Unleash The Man Within. If you enjoyed this episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a rating or review on your podcast platform. Now I wanna take this final moment to invite you to something that I'm really excited about, our deep clean VIP community. Here's the deal. We saw that in this space of manhood, sexuality, and faith, there are a lot of unasked questions. They range from relationships, to sex, to male anatomy, calling, career, and everything in between. We create a deep clean VIP for men like you who want regular coaching from me, VIP access to our podcast guests, where you get to interact with some of the world's leading experts in men's health, a monthly seminar, and a community of men from around the world pursuing success in life and integrity in sexuality. Deep Clean VIP provides answers to your deepest questions, hope for a full recovery, and the necessary tools to make that full recovery a reality. If you're ready to take things to the next level, I want you to stop what you're doing right now and sign up for Deep Clean VIP at www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip. The link is in the show notes, but let me give it one more time. That's www.sathiasam.com slash deepcleanvip.